this is episode 96. Yes, Johnny, this is episode 96. Thanks for uh, stealing my thunder. That was my big entrance, and you've just kind of taken it away from me. Oh, I do apologise. <laughs> just making sure I didn't say like 97 or something. <laughs> yeah, got it wrong. <laughs> welcome to 100. Yeah. Uh, welcome to episode 120. <laughs> yeah. just, I'm just paying attention to you. <laughs> yeah, just to really throw people off. Uh, so Johnny's here. Uh, who else is here? I am here. So that's Fran, for anyone that doesn't recognise the female voice. <laughs> oh, so uh, loads of people are probably thinking, oh, Paul's finally on. <laughs> that's a female. So I'll abuse him because he's not on. <laughs> yeah, we may as well. Yeah, so Brett's, Brett's uh, taking, a, taking an episode off. Um, couldn't hack it. Couldn't, couldn't get to the 100. So. And also this is coming out. 24 hours late, so apologies, but uh, the B team is here, bringing up the rear. The yeah. best team. The best team, yeah, exactly, it's what the B stands for, the best team, mm-hmm. uh, instead of the mm-hmm. A team, which is the average team. <laughs> Who's the A team? Uh, just Brett on his own. Just Brett on his own. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's how we like to do the podcast most weeks, just on his own, so nobody contradicts what he's thinking. <laughs> Talking to himself. Yeah, yeah. You remember? Um, if you uh, missed it, I got a so I can't really help it. Say again. I got a cold. Too much sniff. Quite a lot. I can't really help it. Oh, okay. I can't. I, I can't. I can't blow my nose. I just don't. I won't. I refuse. <laughs> just have to hack the. Uh, just have the uh, d- 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 like the the drips coming out of your nose instead of sniffing. <laughs> Mostly uh, toilet paper, dust from work. They had a high level blow, such as basically you can't see in front of your face, just full of dust. I walked through it all the night, and I was like, oh, that was a mistake. <laughs> so that's it, yeah. yeah. Sniffing for life. Mm. I'd be dodgy if I blow my nose and white stuff comes out. I'd be dodgy, wouldn't it? <laughs> Dep- Depends on where you are. <laughs> toilet roll, not. Cocaine. <laughs> flu. It is toilet roll flu. Cold. Nice, nice. nice. Um, so, uh, what was your talking, Johnny? How's how's things going with you? What are you up to? What have you been up to? It's been a few weeks. Um, sorting weddings about. Yeah. Mm. So, you just mentioned wedding. Everything was up in price today. Really? Yeah. Twelve for photographer. Really? What for? You still, you still getting married abroad? Mm. Yeah. Oh, you've yeah, got it booked, I suppose, haven't you? So you you kind of have to. Yeah, I'm not. They're not having it over here. I'm not paying twenty grand for a wedding over here. No chance. <laughs> no chance. At least I can go off two weeks away. It's like I did a honeymoon at the same time, and it's like, oh, it's just easier. Apart from that, I don't think I've been doing that much really. Um, no, I haven't really. Went for a walk up the mountain yesterday. You go for a walk up the mountain every weekend. Penny van. <laughs> just walked there. It was quite hard. Last I walked, I was relatively light and quite heavy now, and it was quite hard. And I wore shorts and t-shirt at like seven o'clock in the morning. It was a big mistake. When it was like snow on top of the mountain, it's like, a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's going on with your nutrition at the moment? Then, if you're a bit heavy, I'm just slowly losing it. I'm just not really making too much. I'm not. I'm not being very aggressive yet. 
Minx have got a year and a bit. So I'll you know, start in the diet, get into it, and I'll get a bit more aggressive as we go along. I'll probably block it off into sections like, you know, three months of this, here's the end, here's the ideal end weight of a diet break, go for another three months, go from there, like, break them into manageable pieces. Nice. So this so, is in preparation for the wedding? Yeah. I want to be inside out. Like, I want to be that man is a walk and anatomy chart. <laughs> so you, what you no, gonna do? Just wear a dicky boat then, and go for a real beach theme. Just a thong speedo and a dicky bow. Speedo and a dicky bow, and that shredded. <laughs> it's shredded though. There's no bodybuilders that are completely shredded that just look skinny and like they don't even lift when they're in clothes. Cheers. Yeah, that is the thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you want to look like you at least lift a bit. Unless you're like 21, 22 stone start, then you get down to like. 17 stones shredded and you look like a tank then it's like the average Joe just looks poor and closed tonight mm. I because all of my six well about 16 or just under so for me legitimately to be inside out shredded I'm gonna have to be in the 11s I would suggest I would think I could be under overestimating but between 11 and 12 I've been 12 four five before and I wasn't shredded. I was probably like 12%, maybe, I'd guess. So if I can take another 5 6% off her, ideally, then it's going to be a good, I don't know, I reckon 11 something. Well, I was 73 and a half, 74 kilos inside out. So whatever that is in stone. I'll tell you, but are you 6 foot? Yeah. I'm 6 foot, yeah, yeah. yeah. Seventy-three kilos. Yes. Yeah. We'll go. Probably, I'll probably be more like seventy-four and a half now because I've had a, a few years of building. So yeah. So you'd be right in the the elevens then, wouldn't you? Mm. Inside out, veins in your abs, veins in your chest. That tiny calves. Tiny calves. Tiny everything, beginning with C. <laughs> 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 yeah, <laughs> you wear shorts and not 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 a spe- not speedos, <laughs> not speedos. Yeah, need some modesty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the main thing is though, like my legs are probably like one of my better features, so you've got to wear slightly short shorts just to just to be like, yeah, like, look at that sweep, <laughs> <laughs> like pants sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, those little like yeah, the little boxer shorts that sort of six year old kids wear on on holiday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Six-year-old kids and my dad. <laughs> oh no! Uh, and he's easily probably like eighteen stone of pure, pure belly. Not pure muscle. No, no. Um, I wonder. I need to be the most shredded person in the venue, in the whole hotel. That's the plan. How many uh, nutritionists are you going to invite? Because the competition will be on. <laughs> Depends how, uh, how shredded they are. If they're too shredded, they come in. You need to see progress photos at the start of May to whether they have to cancel their flight or not. Right, so you, you two, you two, you, you, yeah, you, you two and Brad are banned. <laughs> I think. I don't know what Paul's looking like at the minute. Maybe be banned as well. I don't even know if Paul's alive at the minute, to be honest with you. He could be really shredded. <laughs> In a skeleton, in a box, <laughs> or in a ditch. <laughs> Actually, he was. 
Why no body feel? <laughs> Jesus, yeah. <laughs> uh, it'd be one of those lad Bible things, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, <laughs> friends, friends crucify mate, um, uh, ends up dead. <laughs> <What's> up? <laughs> yeah, to do with the death. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh, I had this the, the goal of me being like super shredding and all this. I went to where was it? Wherever I went, I was in pretty good nick. I was like, oh, yeah, I'd be definitely be the best nick. And then must the only time I've ever seen a competitive bodybuilder anywhere in the world is there. It's like you don't see it very often. Do you? It's like this man is a freak. He was like nineteen stone with abs. Yeah, like, oh, Jesus. Why? Why do you have to be here now? <laughs> You'll come next week or the week before. No, you've got to be here now. Yeah. Never mind. When uh, when I went to the Dominican Republic a couple of Januarys ago, um, I was... I'd, so I'd, I did my show in November before, and then I slowly gained, and then I did about a month of cutting again. So I was still, you know, like abs and, and all that, but um, so I was still pretty lean, and I went, and it was all... Like Americans in their thirties who just love beer, like they weren't fat or anything, but they just weren't, you know, they didn't have abs and that sort of thing. So I was like, yes, best in shape, uh, in the like got the best shape in the 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 whole of the resort. And then there's this one guy just came around and he he was definitely leaner than me as well. I was just like, oh, you prick! <laughs> it is so heartbreaking. <laughs> was he bigger? Say again. Was he bigger? Oh, he was shorter than me. So, so I won. So I won because he was a midget. Well, not a midget, but <laughs> short ass. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so Fran, you are getting close to uh, D Day or P Day, powerlifting day. Um, M Day. M Day, Meat Day. Yeah. Um, C Day, competition day. Uh, how is preparations going? Talk us through it. Yeah, it's going really well. So I'm, for anyone that doesn't know, competing next Sunday. Uh, so I'm six days out as of today. Um, and how that looks for me right now is most of the hard work is kind of done. Most of my training volume is done. Um, and this next week, I was just saying, we were saying off the podcast, I feel pretty run down at the start of the week. But my training volume is dramatically reduced. Um, so hopefully the idea is by Sunday, um, I will be feeling nice and fresh and ready to hit some PBs on the platform, which is, um, yeah, good. and in terms of my nutrition, uh, just keeping my calories nice and consistent and pretty high, uh, cause I'm really comfortably within my weight class, not cutting down this year, which is really nice. So I can actually eat breakfast on the day before I get weighed in. Um, and I can have all the calories this week. Um, so that's going to be really beneficial in helping me feel good for Sunday, I think. Versus last time, which was a water cut and very low calories and fasting until I was weighed in, um, which didn't result in me feeling the best when I came around to actually lift weights. So I suppose a lot of people will be thinking, you want to be feeling your best the week before a competition, not the, not not worse and not run down. So how... So you said about your train, training tapering down. So how does that sort of look then in compared, like last week compared to this coming week um, to make you feel better? Um, so I guess in the last couple of weeks, say um, where I would usually have maybe a heavy squat followed by maybe like five sets of back-offs um, and then a whole load of accessories after, 
basically this week um, a lot of the sets get chopped out and pretty much all of the accessories get chopped out as well. Um, so I'm doing a lot less lifting. I have a couple of more rest days, so I'm only lifting three days this week, um, which means I've got three days of rest in the week as well. Um, and then competition day on Sunday. Um, so at the beginning of the week, I suppose today I don't feel too bad because I've just had a day off yesterday and today's been off as well. So I've got a session tomorrow. Um, but my last session that I did on Saturday was hard because you're kind of at the very, very peak of your fatigue. Um, so over this next week, by reducing my training, um, that fatigue should taper down. Um, but because it's only like over a week um, and I've still got some lifting in the week, I shouldn't lose any strength um, and I should just feel really good by the time Sunday rolls around. Did that kind of answer your question? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, do you, so like with a lot of performance things, and this kind of ties into what we'll talk about today a little bit, um, so the kind of, what, what are the nutrition I know we talked about this briefly, didn't we, um, a while ago when it was just you and I that did that uh midweek podcast um but do you have to like carb up or anything for your competition or do you just kind of eat as normal so because powerlifting is not really a like a carbohydrate or a glycogen demanding sport you only do nine lifts across the day um and yes it's knackering because you're hitting your maximum weights and pushing yourself but you don't really need copious amounts of carbohydrates to get yourself through the week before especially as because I'm in my weight class, so I don't need to manipulate anything. I will just eat the same. So I'll eat my maintenance calories for the week. Um, and that will lead me to be pretty much um, okay for meat day. There's not really any need to carb up like you would if you were doing, say, a marathon or a, a long-distance cycle. Because you just don't require that kind of energy. And actually, it might fit, like, if I ate tons the day before I might wake up the next morning feeling a bit bloated or my belt might not quite fit or things might just feel off so making sure that everything's as normal as possible is like the ideal scenario in the week before what's the last supper going to be the night before Ooh, good question um it's probably it probably will be some it will definitely have carbs in it so it'll probably be some kind of like chicken and pasta or chicken and rice but then that's just because that's what I have every night really like I've got a high carbohydrate like a quite a reasonably high calorie and high carbohydrate requirement anyway um so yeah it's likely to be chicken and pasta probably nice what sort of calories are you hitting for maintenance then per day uh between uh 2200 2300 maybe a bit more fancy practically you know yeah, that's good, that's good. That's quite a lot of food. That's a lot of food for most people. Um, I've had male clients come to me who have been maintaining on a lot less than that. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's good. Um, cool. So, I suppose that kind of slowly starts to tie into what we wanted to talk about. So, we wanted to talk about energy requirements, uh, sort of like day-to-day, um, or when we're training, things like that. So, um, it was off the back of a couple of questions we had of like how we periodize our nutrition depending on kind of what's going on in our life uh so whether we are on holiday whether we are training not training whether we're doing more performancey stuff or whether we're just trying to make some gains um so i suppose we've spoken 
at length in earlier podcasts about uh, dieting and gaining and how you need to be in a calorie deficit or a calorie surplus. So if you want to know about calorie deficits and calorie surpluses, then go and listen to the previous podcast episodes um, because we have about 20 on each, no doubt. We just keep going over it uh, because people still don't seem to get the message. Um, But uh, yeah, so to kind of go back into the archive and and find those. Um, So I suppose we kind of wanted to throw as much... uh, personal things in there as possible so I suppose we were just going to talk about like how our nutrition can vary throughout the week and give our own opinions and our own kind of what we do especially as we're all kind of like in different uh different periods of uh, of what we're doing stuff like that so um so like Johnny's on a nice slow cut Fran is maintaining but looking at performance um and I'm on a slightly more aggressive cut but kind of winging it at the same time um so as all good nutritionists yeah. do <laughs> um well, how, how are you getting on how's your week been ed you are the only one that's going to get to oh uh, i've got to talk about myself uh, don't get me started um yeah good i have i dropped nearly two kilos last week um eating a lot oh. of food as well so uh hope well hopefully some of that's fat and not all water weight but uh yeah finally now april's come i've got like six weeks until i go to mauritius for a friend's wedding not johnny's wedding that's uh 12 months on um but uh, yeah more friends that decide to get married abroad uh it's cheaper for you but not for us <laughs> um yeah, so, uh, so yeah, I've just been cutting, um, trying to train as and when I can, so some weeks it's like four times, some weeks it's only once, but just kind of getting in what I can with work and, and such, so um, yeah, so everything's kind of taking it day by day, but um, I'm, yeah, sort of trying to do the best I can in, in, in those situations, so, uh, but yeah, no, just keeping busy with, with work and and got quite a few clients on the go at the moment so uh, sorting them out and, and making sure kind of doing the best for them I've got some uh, clients coming up to sort of like crunch time with uh, with bodybuilding shows and photo shoots and um, and such so uh, kind of a lot of people needing a lot of work and a lot of attention which is really really nice because I think sometimes you can feel like you're kind of not coasting but there's not a lot of input you can add some weeks um, so it's nice to be able to like to be doing a lot with with um, quite a few of the guys so and girls uh, which is good so yeah just keeping busy basically yeah otherwise I yeah I I just get so bored if I'm not busy if I'm not like doing something all the time um, I just yeah I end up I don't know like online shopping or something which which is never good Uh, yeah, so kind of where do we really want to start with this then? So I suppose energy intake. So obviously this is what you put into your mouth. Um, and then we're trying, what we're trying to talk about is how you might vary that with what you are doing day to day or, um, whether you're kind of physically fit or maybe you're injured or on holiday, stuff like that. So just before we started recording, uh, we started talking about holidays and such and, what sort of approaches we take on holiday. So I suppose should we start with that sort of topic? Um, so Johnny, yeah. when you are on holiday, how do you manipulate your nutrition compared to when you're not on holiday? Because I go mostly, well, exclusively, all-inclusive now because it's just easier. Um, I don't 
tend to do a lot of travelling about to him over there, if you know what I mean. I've done top around hotels. So I'll go on inclusive so you know before you get there, right? If I want to maintain some sort of condition while I'm over there, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to, you know, gain three stone in two weeks and completely wreck everything. Well, maybe maybe you could, but most people, if you're sensible, won't. But you know all-inclusive, there's going to be a lot of temptation. So I tend to, firstly, try and make sure my activity is relatively high. So what I'll tend to do is try and get up in the morning, if it's a sun holiday away, go for a walk. If I can get as close to 10,000 steps as possible in the morning, then I know I'm okay. And if I do a bit of swimming um, in the day, I just a few lengths, maybe even like, you know, two, three, four lengths every hour. Do it on the hour, every hour. It's not it's not a lot, but across, you know, a 10-hour day. It's decent, it's decent, like 30, 40 lengths. I've had, I guess, when you, was it like half a mile, is it? Or a 20 meter pool, something like that. So activity is my first thing. I will train. Like, don't care, NB says, oh, sad training. Well, I think it's sad not training, so, you know. Whatever you like, you like to do. So I enjoy it. So I will keep training. I'll just, I won't set any routine. I'll just go in and do what I feel like doing more than anything. If it's air conditioning, it's all better. I have trained in Turkey once with no air conditioning. It was horrific. It was dangerous because <laughs> you sweat into a massive pool within like a minute. So I'm slipping everywhere now. When when I was in course uh, last summer with Alex, we trained on one day, and we, I think there might have been air conditioning, but it was poor, and it was a sweaty, sweaty session. It was disgusting. Uh, but you did kind of feel good for it, sweating it all out. and, and that. But, yeah. So activity is one thing I will hit, will do first, because it's easy, it's quite enjoyable. You get a tan, so it's all good. feels good to be out and about and doing stuff. And then <clears throat> what I tend to do is I'll, obviously there's always cakes and stuff in there, so I'll just say, right, only on one meal will you be allowed cake. And I go, right, less, even five is quite a lot, but they're five relatively small. That's probably still five, six hundred calories, isn't it? At least. So I'll go, right, you can have cakes at one meal, not all three. So you know you, a lot of people will just go slam it every time you get there. You can easily eat five, six, seven cake in a day if you really wanted to. I don't snack. If I have to, I'll have a coffee. I know it's really weird in like 20, 30, 40 degrees, but I'll go inside, I'll read the paper, and have a coffee. So you're out, you're cool, apart from the coffee. Like. Um, I'll drink plenty of water. I'm trying to think of anything else I do in particular. Actually, one place in Turkey would have the calories of the food. Really? Which is good. What about really the cards? Sure. Yeah, cards with this you know, per laid list, X amount of calories, but I was looking at some of it and thinking, I don't think that's right. <laughs> However, it gives you some sort of indication of what you're doing. But I tend to make sure, right, most a lot of the plate is protein, and then I'll have a decent carb. I say, I don't want to say clean carbs, you know what I mean? But you know, your typical relatively healthy carbs, as people think, pasta, rice. I put that in the plate, right. And then the other quarter, I'll just put what I want. And I'll try not to have a second plate. I'm not saying it always happens, 
and if but if I go if I if I have a if I have two if I have one plate at dinner time or whatever you call it lunch time then I'll accept eating two plates dinner time and the other way around, if I have two plates dinner time I'll accept just the one plate for lunch so 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 that's around about what I do but that's on a Sunday holiday like we're going to send the parks in May when Centre Park's next year so I don't tend to be as concerned with eating because you're cooking yourself so you cook what you want to cook and I think last year we averaged like 17 or 18,000 steps rented bikes went, never never drove anywhere apart from obviously the bikes for a couple of days walked everywhere swam loads so I don't really concern myself with doing anything special than I would on a sun holiday, you know what I mean? So that's my uh, way of dealing with holidays. It does depend on fat times, though. If I bulked, I think, oh, a bit heavy, but I'll just go, nah, well, don't worry about it. Just keep being heavy until you come back. <laughs> but if I'm if I'm in good nick, I, I want to keep it in good nick, you know what I mean? A nice carbon like, makes you look good. A couple of veins pop out. I don't mind that, but I want, I tend to be more reserved when I'm lean, which is probably like opposite of what most people are. But so that's me. So I roll. So you're quite sort of activity conscious to kind of counteract the amount that you are eating. Yeah, because you, you, you know more than likely it's going to be more calories than you think. You can always guess, but it's more than likely going to be more than you think because you don't know how it's cooked, for one. Yeah. Boiled eggs, maybe, right? Boil an egg. That at least you an idea, right? That's a boiled egg. It's probably going to be 70 calories each. But when you've got like scrambled eggs and all that stuff, you don't know how much oil they put in, how much butter they put in, how much milk they put in there. So you'd have to, you know, you're always like, it's always guesswork, isn't it? So much guesswork. So it's always, for me, if you want to stay in, if you want to gain maybe a couple of pounds and not go mad, Overestimate twice. <laughs> double the double the estimation. <laughs> so, Fran, are you similar to Johnny, or do you, what, what do you do when you go away? Um, so, unfortunately, I haven't been to an all-inclusive. I haven't been like abroad for like a long two-week kind of all-inclusive holiday for quite some time because the family tend to just head to Cornwall most summers. Um, but I suppose where I kind of implement the most strategies is I like or me and a couple of friends have started doing like weekend or three four day long like city breaks uh, to different places so I suppose that's probably where I implement most of my strategies because Cornwall again uh, similar to Centre Parks I'm super active cycling running surfing um, and most of the food is cooked ourselves or sort of brought um, like picnics for the beach and that kind of stuff so it's quite easy to control. But when I'm away uh, with friends, we usually, or so far, we haven't trained because we don't tend to go for more than three or four days. Um, and we tend to do a lot of activity in terms of walking around um, and sightseeing and just doing touristy stuff. So we kind of average, I think when we went to Copenhagen, we average like 25k steps a day. Um, and bearing in mind, I usually do about 10. It's like, two and a half times the amount I'd usually do um, and also because it's only a short amount of time we tend not to worry too much about what we're eating but as a general rule of thumb we would um, kind of get up 
go and find somewhere and have like a big brunch type meal. Um, so obviously quite a large meal in the morning at like 10, 11 o'clock. Then afternoon, we would usually find a treat or we'd like look on Instagram and see whether something nice. So we went for bubble waffles one day, we went for donuts one day, we went for like ice cream another day. And we'd kind of have that as I suppose our mid-afternoon snack slash lunch. Um, and then we'd usually have like an early dinner as well, which would be quite a big meal. So most of our days would consist of like two large meals, brunch and dinner, and then like a treat in the middle of the day. So although it sounds like not a very regular routine, it probably works out at keeping us in a fairly decent calorie range while still being able to enjoy two big meals and like a treat, plus all of the extra walking means that every single time we've gone away, we felt like we've eaten loads. We felt like we've pretty much eaten our way through whatever country we're in. But we've always come back and been the same weight, if not a little bit lighter, just because it's kind of like worked pretty well. But I suppose that is quite like a short-term strategy. You probably couldn't get away with it for um, too long, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if you did that kind of for two weeks, then yeah, you might might find it catching up. But again, I, you kind of going along with some events. Johnny is the fact that you're doing so much more activity compared to normal to allow those higher calorie foods, but it allows you to enjoy the trip and enjoy the food and, and that sort of stuff, which is uh, which is cool. Um, the activity was never intentional on yeah. any of the trips I've been on. It's just been we don't want to pay for transport we're not going to pay for taxis so we will just walk around or use public transport and then walk from place to place yeah so it's not necessarily uh we're thinking about because i suppose i i go away with people that maybe aren't so fussed about if we gain a couple of pounds or whatever mm-hmm. um, so it's not necessarily a oh we need to do this activity to enjoy the food um or to be able to allow ourselves to enjoy the food um it's probably more just coincidence that that happens yeah yeah well i think if i went away for a longer period of time so when i go to come with the family and stuff i do still try and train um a couple of times just to like keep some consistency with that um and i would probably try to get into more of a normal routine with food rather than something that's a bit more out of the norm um just because i find that if i'm out of like if i'm in a really weird routine for a longer period of time it starts to just throw me off a bit by, by like a week. Okay, cool. So slightly different, a, d- a different type of holiday, so different approach. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, so I suppose for me, I I always think I'm going to be good. I'm going to stick to mostly protein for breakfast. Um, I, I kind of go with a light lunch and then enjoy an evening meal. Uh, that doesn't happen. Um, normally, the first few days. I get suckered into temptation wherever I am, whether it's like um, I've gone all-inclusive a couple of times, I've gone half-board a few times, I've, I've gone, you know, just self-catered and kind of go out and do your own thing. Um, and it's always, always ends up with uh, big breakfast, oh my God, there's pancakes, oh my God, there's waffles, oh my God, there's everything. Um, so it'll be three plates for breakfast and then lunch I never normally eat a massive amount. Um, it'd be, uh, I would stick then to the lean protein and something uh, something light with it. Um, if we're going out for lunch, then uh, again, I, I'd pick something lean and light just because normally I'm probably still too full from breakfast. Um, 
then evening meal I would just enjoy myself and have whatever I wanted basically just enjoy the local cuisine enjoy you know something different each night um, I'd probably do that for two or three days and then I'd start to feel really crap and really lethargic and I probably haven't trained I haven't really done much we'd walk around and stuff but um, I haven't probably the first few days are normally for me are normally like a pool day um, or like a couple of days of like on the beach or around the pool or whatever just to kind of relax and um, really sort of shut off but and then I start to get fidgety and bored and I want to go and do um, go and do things see things and all that so uh, and that's when I'd probably then start right okay well I might go and train at like four o'clock in the afternoon before um, going for a swim and then going and getting ready for the evening or, or what have you so I, I start off with good intentions when I'm in England then it goes tits up for about three days and then I kind of want that routine back I want that stability I want to feel better um, I don't want to feel bloated and stuff like that so I do then rein it in and have a, a light like a kind of mostly protein breakfast a protein and something light for lunch and then enjoy the evening meals um, I've always been one that's thinks you know you're going to a country so enjoy their foods um so i wouldn't go to I, I wouldn't go to spain and then just eat fish and chips and burger and chips every night um i'd go and you know i'd pick the most authentic restaurant i could and and then enjoy two or three things off their menu um that is as foreign as possible basically um so that's kind of the the sorts of things i do so i, I go there to enjoy food as well as enjoy the sun relax and, and see the sights um I think that the most recent holiday, like when I went to Kos, uh last year, I think that was kind of, I, I think I did things right there, whereas we kind of you know, said, right, okay, we'll have a pool day, then we'll have a day exploring, then we'll have a day chilling, then we'll have a day exploring, and, and we did that, and that worked well, it kind of mixed things up nicely, but also made sure your activity was really, really high, so like, we went left out the hotel one day, right out the hotel the next day, um, so uh, so yeah so I'm, I'm more likely to have like a, a high activity day and then a lower activity day um but i think it can depend on the size of the hotel as well like if you go to some of these mega hotels which are uh, have got like 25 pools and everything like you can easily hit 10 or 12,000 steps barely wearing your watch um so like i remember when i went to the dominican republic it was a huge place and i probably did 1500 steps just to get to breakfast um, and then another like thousand steps to get to the pool from uh, where the uh, the breakfast was. So just just walking around to point to point, that kind of I was doing like ten or twelve thousand steps, even though I wasn't moving. Kind of then from then on uh, for the rest of the day. But uh, yeah, I, I think it depends kind of where you go to to what activity you do. What I do, um, yeah. So if I was on like a lads' holiday or something, I probably probably wouldn't be much moving unless we're walking like bar to bar. Whereas if I'm going on a, like a holiday with Alex, and there's there's a lot more than wanting to go and see things, and we'd pick places where we would want to go and walk and see things and stuff. So um, yeah, but uh, I'm I like to have a day or two in the gym, but I'm not a like because I know Brett likes to train every morning. Johnny, you say you like to train when you go away. Um, I, I like to a little bit, but I'm not somebody who's like right. I'm going to get up early to to go train. I'm just I quite often just uh, I treat it as like a deload, and I try and work it in as a deload as well. So I push myself really hard going up to going away, and then I can relax for a few days, maybe train once or twice, just do a few pump sessions, um, mostly for kind of like ego what's around the pool. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's it really. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I suppose it, like, holidays completely depend on, I suppose, who you're going with, like, how long you're going for, where you're going, what your overall goals are for that month 
couple of months, year, like what position you're in, like Johnny, you say when you're leaner, you want to keep a little bit tighter, so you want to sort of like keep your nutrition more in track. There's no right or wrong way to do it, and I think the worst thing that you can do is kind of get on Instagram and think, oh, this guy did this on his holiday, so that's how I should do it, or this uh, this guy went and he ate everything he wanted for a whole two weeks, so I can do that as well. Um, yeah. I think try not to get too caught up in what other people are doing because it doesn't really matter. Definitely, yeah. If you're like looking at somebody who's gone and had six courses on the buffet, um, but he doesn't give a shit about whether he's losing or gaining, um, and then you're halfway through a diet and you're trying to stick to, like, say, if Johnny went away in, I don't know, like February next year or something, like, and he's trying to diet for, for May. He wouldn't then be going and smashing the all-inclusive buffet, would he? Because um, he'd have that goal of right care. Okay, I need to keep things moderate. Um, yeah. The other thing is, don't don't weigh yourself when you get back for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you've always increased them. Keep yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least two or three days just to let things normalise. Um, yeah, absolutely, great tip. Um, okay, so. Holidays are obviously like a longer period, sort of like three, four, five days, maybe a couple of weeks. Um, so on training and non-training days, does your nutrition change at all, either of you? No. So you you just keep things exactly the same every day, eat the same food, types of foods, eat the same amount of food and everything? I may have a, I may have a bro, protein shake after the gym straight away. As soon as you Not do your last set? As soon as soon as, I, as soon as I, the last curl is halfway down, I drink it. <laughs> uh, do you do you rewack the weight? Say it again. Do you rewack the weight before you drink it, or? Oh, I throw it. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I take the gym with me in the car. I leave in the car when I get out. I drink it. That's probably the only thing that changes. So, really, I mean, if I'm if I'm, if I'm trying to gain weight. I'm on like lower calories. I would just I might even have a target win just because I can. And I got some year. I wouldn't deliberately buy it. But if it's year, which I have got some, I don't know why I've even got it. I will put it in. Not that it's gonna do much. You know what I mean? Not exactly, you know, high end cycling or nothing, but I thought I'll put it in just for the sweet taste. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So so you you just keep the same every day. Fran, what about yourself? Um my training frequency is quite high, so I tend to train like six days a week. Um, and even on my seventh day, uh, recently I've been in the gym coaching or walking around campus. So I tend to have a fairly high energy expenditure even when I'm not training. Um, so I tend to keep things pretty much the same every day. Um, I suppose if I'm going out and doing something, then my food routine will change. I probably won't track and I'll have a day where it's slightly different. But when I'm like in my normal routine, the only thing that really changes when I'm not training is I won't have my pre-workout sort of like meal. So I won't really worry as much about meal timing. I'll spread my food probably more evenly throughout the day. Whereas if, say, I know I've got a big session of like squats at, I don't know, 5 p.m., I'm going to be looking to have a, a, like a designated pre-workout meal at like 3.34-ish. Um, whereas on the rest day, obviously that doesn't matter at all. Um, but yeah, I do train. I train a lot, so it's um, not so much of an issue um, for me to change things up 
Uh, yeah, I think I'm the same as you. So if I know I'm not going to the gym, I'll try and not have um, a third meal during the day or a second meal during the day. So um, so I'd have like breakfast, lunch at 12-ish and then eat again at like 3.30 uh, to train then at 5, 5.30. Um, so I would just skip that other meal and, and like you say, push maybe push lunch back a bit later, try and have lunch at half one. And then I know I'm going to eat then at like six, half six instead of um, at sort of like half seven or what have you. So, um, yeah, I'd do the same. Um, mainly just because I know my activity level obviously isn't going to be quite as high, um, but also I just find it as like a good way of trying to maintain weight as well. Or if I'm dieting, then a good way of uh, keeping that deficit as high as possible. Um, so, yeah, so I, I kind of do it for consciously to try and keep my calorie intake low if I was purposefully trying to bulk um, I would probably keep my meals more the same uh, or my days more the same um, just to try and spread the food out as much as possible but I do have uh, a couple of clients when we're bulking we have high and low days um, so the training days would be a higher calorie day um, more carbs mostly uh, maybe a little more fat but mostly more carbs and then the, the uh, non-training days with calories would actually be a couple of hundred lower just because they felt as though they were quite lethargic trying to eat um, trying to eat as much as they were on training days on the non-training days and they found that more difficult so uh, for them uh, because that was the case yeah he found he's really really hungry on training days uh, especially after training so uh, yeah we, we we split it and I've done that with a couple of couple of clients um, so it is quite preference orientated um, Johnny is there a reason why you keep your calories the same is it, or, or is it just habit or what's the really see the need to change it for myself but I haven't I mean since Eliza's been born so nearly two years ago I haven't really gone out of diet <laughs> you know what I mean mm -hmm. So I've never really needed, I mean, you know, on like two and a half, three K, you don't, I don't think you need to change for me. I don't think there's no, for me, there's no point in changing day to day because I don't need it. Um, <clears throat> if I was dieting, however, and you were coming towards the end, then I would probably consider changing, like changing things because you sacrifice one day to know that the next day you might have, you know, a good few hundred calories more. So more for psychological reasons, I think, more than anything. I think if your sport was different, maybe like, I don't know, cycling or running, then I would more likely change it to suit training because by nature that you burn more calories, you use more carbs than you will. And I went half in the gym or whatever. So I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. I just don't do it yet. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So a couple of points there that I just wanted to quickly touch upon. So like the last one you made that the you don't you don't actually burn that many calories when you're weight training in the gym. So we kind of come at it from a weight training point of view because that's something we all have in common and, and we like talking about. So you, you probably only burn, you know, max 200 calories in an hour, hour and a half weight session. Um, you, you're not burning many calories at all. And some of those calories are just your normal, like, everyday living calories as well. So to then go in, even just as something as small as saying, right, I'm going to add in a chocolate bar pre-gym to help fuel me through this session, 
you're probably only just burning off those calories whilst you're doing an hour and a half session. Um, or if you're going and doing like a 30 minute um, uh, like hit class or something like that, you, again, you're still probably only just burning off that added chocolate bar that you're, you're having. So if you're trying to lose weight, but then you're adding in food for, to fuel the gym, um, just look at restructuring your food to, uh, to pre-gym uh, instead of adding in more food. Um, as Johnny said about the, uh, so having slightly higher calories on like a refeed day, uh, we touched upon that a week or so ago, so we kind of won't go into that too much. But um, when you're saying about if you did a different sport, so just to kind of add some um, personal experience with with the sports and and stuff. Uh, so with playing hockey on Saturdays, uh, I would have more carbs on a Friday and more food on a Saturday, uh, just because I know that I've probably eaten quite light throughout the week, which I tend to do to allow myself to kind of eat what I want over the weekend. And that works pretty well for maintaining my weight. Um, obviously, I have to just eat a little bit less when I'm dieting, but I tend to eat pretty, pretty light uh, Monday through uh, Friday lunchtime. And then my last couple of meals on a Friday would be excuse me, it would be quite carb heavy uh, to try and sort of carb, like a, a mini little carb load or just um, sort of super compensation. So you're kind of getting a few more carbs in there uh, just in case, you know, any of the tanks are half empty or anything. I just want to try and fill them up as best as possible without doing like a um, reducing my carbs right down and then eating like a stupid, ridiculous high amount. Um, but just, you know, keep things moderate and then just build it up again. Uh, just to just so I've got plenty of uh, energy reserves for the couple of hours of running around on a Saturday, uh, and then Saturdays naturally just eat more because I end up again Saturday morning, eat more carbs to fuel the fuel the game, um, and then probably go out for food or something afterwards, a few beers and stuff. So I just don't naturally end up eating more. So um, so in that sense, I'd sort of cycle things maybe a little bit for the weekend, but out of season I would do what I've just said, which is currently where I'm at. So. Um, Yes. Has anybody got anything they want to add on that before we maybe do one more? Don't think so. No. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Don't listen to your Fitbit when you're training. Yeah, Just, great one. When I was, I used to PT in the gym, people would say to me, "Oh, I've just done the class. I burnt a thousand calories." I was again, mm, "No, you haven't. <laughs> you're not even half it. You're not even half that." I did say it but politely, but. If you think you're burning a thousand, like, what's the what other sports you can legitimately burn a thousand calories an hour in? Really high end cycling, like squats when you're literally sprinting the whole time. That's yeah. like one of the highest calorie burning sports. Squats. Yeah, like swimming maybe, like really intense swimming. Yeah, high end running, fast running. If you can maintain it for an hour. Um, I used, well, when it is it the is it the Mets table that gives you like the Mets of certain sport. I think boxing's up there when I was a spa. I think that was up in that range. But like classes and weight training ain't coming near, nowhere near that. So when you go home and have a pizza because you think you've burned a thousand calories, you're just gaining weight unnecessarily. And you shouldn't reward yourself for training in the first place. So that's another little thing not to do. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure it's easy to stop because, you know, just get the habit and you just do it, but try not to reward yourself. Oh, I've trained and I've been a thousand calories, I'm going to eat to 800. You know, it doesn't, 
I sorry, go on, friend. Oh, no, I was going to say on the like the flip side of what Johnny's saying, don't reward yourself. Also, if um, you get into too much, or depending on your mindset with food, if you find that reducing your calories on a rest day then makes you feel like you have you have to train to deserve to eat the food, then that can be a very negative mindset to get in as well. So I have quite a lot of my clients eat the same calories constantly throughout the week to avoid that kind of um, feeling like you need to then exercise to deserve higher calories or more food kind of mindset. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's good, good points, good points. Um, I remember once when I was in the gym, uh, a woman was walking out or walking through the gym to head out of the door and um, she was on the phone to a partner or whatever and saying, yeah, 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 so we're just coming out of the gym so we can have a Chinese. Uh, do you want to order it or shall I order it? And you just think, why? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, um, I'm sure at the time I ranted about it on Facebook. That's <laughs> all good people do. <laughs> um, all right, let's smash out one more then. So, um, what about injuries then? So, have you ever had an injury that has impacted your nutrition, Fran? Yes, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I've had a, I suppose maybe not necessarily, oh yeah, my nutrition in a way, um, but I have had a pretty severe shoulder injury in the past, which kind of meant that a lot of my weight training had to stop, um, and obviously you have to give that quite a bit of time to recover and heal, um, so I think the only thing I could really do was kind of like bike and run a little bit, um, but... In terms of it impacting my nutrition, I think I was pretty aware at the time that I needed to continue to eat in order to kind of like get better as soon as possible. So all I had going on in my head was I want to get back to weight training ASAP. Um, so I suppose the things that I did were making sure that I still ate at least maintenance. Um, and I was still pretty active because I could still like walk and bike and sort of run and that sort of thing. Um, and also just making sure that my protein intake was high um, in order to kind of like aid the repair and recovery process, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I suppose when you're injured, it's quite an easy mindset to think, oh, I'm, eat I'm doing a lot less, so therefore I need to eat less, or kind of like you feel bad for not exercising, so you eat less, or whatever mindset it is that you're in. Um, and it was something that I had to consciously keep going, no, like I need to keep eating more to try and um, like get myself better as soon as possible sort of thing uh, so I suppose that's probably like the most or the biggest injury that I've had in my sort of like powerlifting career thus far Johnny have you ever had a big injury which has altered your nutrition? Maybe you want to go through one Family. maybe? <laughs> the same, well two of them the same two Three are all related. Dislocated shoulder twice. So on the second time, obviously the ligaments just, well, the labrum snapped, not snapping, I mean, four all the way around. So I had surgery for that, so across the three. At all. Um, I could train legs to a degree. Um, <clears throat> but I can't remember I spoke at the time. Um, I was dieting at the time. I think it was around 1,900 calories the second time I just hit my shoulder. Um, so I made a point of, right, I'm going to have to 
try and be as active as I can, but try and walk around more. So I kept my calories the same. I didn't drop them. I just left them as they were because I'm probably going to be burning less calories doing activity because I'd be doing less activity. But I thought, oh, let's just give it at least the calories it needs to recover and repair and let the body do what it needs to do to heal it. So I did I did really well. So no, I actually didn't really. I didn't really. I kept the calories the same. From okay. what I remember, like yeah, yeah. So it was, it was the same. I, I suppose then. So you, your your thinking was then to to fuel the body to allow for recovery. Um, so that's why you didn't change them. And that's why you didn't drop them down, even though you were dieting. Yeah, because I wasn't. I wasn't like bulking. I wasn't like two, three thousand calories. Not like nineteen hundred. It was relatively low. It was relatively light. Maybe twelve and a half stone. I'll just keep the calories as they are. And let's just monitor and see how it goes. Because they're probably going to get a bit of water retention, blah, blah, blah. So I just left it as okay. it was. Yeah. No, I don't think Did I've I know? ever... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever had an injury that's caused me to have to change my nutrition. I've had a few, like, niggles here and there, which has caused me to, like, not train for a few days or a week. But um, I'd just go then to, like, a rest day kind of protocol of, don't eat that extra kind of pre-workout meal. Um, I suppose with this, so kind of everything we've sort of said, even though Johnny's was, you know, not nice, but I suppose they've all been uh, slightly more minor injuries on the grand scale of things. So it's not as if any of us have been in and had uh, surgery and been bedridden for three months or four months or something. Um, so should we quickly talk about maybe what you do is say if you were um unable to walk or move around as much fran what would you what would you think it's so say you have gone in and had uh fairly not major surgery you know we're not talking open heart but um you know say, say you've gone in and had surgery you've a couple of days in hospital and you're you're off your feet what what sort of things would you need to to do to um with your nutrition so it's probably pretty similar to what I said I tried to do with my shoulder. In terms of the main thing is you definitely wouldn't want to be putting yourself in a calorie deficit. So obviously if you're not moving, you're not active, you're not um, like weight-bearing, you're in um, kind of a position where you could potentially lose muscle mass. Um, and obviously in terms of well, aesthetics, it's obviously not something that most people want to do. Um, but also in terms of like, health and well-being when you kind of get up and up and going again you're going to be a lot weaker if you kind of let yourself um sort of lose a lot of weight and lose a lot of muscle mass um so I suppose my recommendation would be to be in at least at maintenance and maybe even in a tiny surplus but bearing in mind that it would be your maintenance for when you're not really doing anything so if you continue to eat as you were before for your maintenance it might be a slight surplus um, but that is a hundred times better than being in a deficit where you're way more likely to lose muscle. And again, just keeping your protein intake nice and high to give your body the best chance as it can to kind of get better and repair um, as quickly as possible. Because, um, yeah, by the time you actually get back in the feet again, you want to be in a strong position to then be able to get back into exercise and back into daily life. Um, and if you kind of let yourself I suppose, wither away a little bit um, and take your foot off the gas in terms of 
good nutrition, um, you're not going to be in a very good position to sort of make a full recovery and get back to day to day life as good as possible. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, so, any supplements you would recommend if you were off your feet uh, that are separate to any medication that a dietitian or a doctor would recommend? I would probably, if I was continuing to have, if you were before taking things like vitamin D and fish oil, I'd continue to do that, especially fish oil because that's going to maybe help with some inflammation that you might have going on post-surgery. Um, other than that, I haven't really looked into supplementation post-operations enough to make a recommendation, I don't think. Did you have something in mind? No. no. <laughs> I just wanted to put you on the spot. <laughs> I was think, because I was thinking, would be maybe useful or potentially useful to still have creatine if you were supplementing with creatine before um, and potentially in that there are a lot of benefits of creatine outside of kind of the standard um, helping you perform more reps in the gym um, that might potentially aid your recovery a little bit um, fish oil to reduce inflammation vitamin D just for general health and well-being again help recovery um, give your body the best fighting chance to get better um, and you're probably going to be inside a lot as well so not getting much sunlight protein if you're in a hospital and you're struggling to get your protein intake in in their crappy meals then you might want to supplement some protein shakes um, outside of that it's pretty good pretty good pretty good so just the, the general usuals just yeah. keep them up, keep them up. Just because you're not training doesn't mean you don't have to keep taking them. Johnny, anything you want to add on injury, nutrition? -y? Well, I found the um, video with Bjorn, can't believe I can't pronounce his second name, on injuries, as a matter of fact, as I just, I thought, oh, I'll have a look. I remember him doing it, so I'll have a little look. So in terms of energy intake, he mentions, obviously, training volume goes down. However... What increases calorie, well, energy, uh, energy burn is inflammation, scar tissue synthesis, amb ambulation, and obviously reduction in appetite. So, obviously, the, the first three things will increase your calorie burn slightly, which will offset a little of what you're not doing now. But then again, if you're totally immobilized, then your meat's going to be humongously reduced as well. So... <clears throat> It's probably still not going to make up how much you've lost in meat. Um, and he talks about protein being set at around two to two and a half grams per kilo day per day. Um, obviously spaced evenly um, to make sure you're taking advantage of the leucine threshold and the supplements he recommends. EAA, leucine, I mean, whey protein, in there, creatine, fish oil, and vitamins and minerals. And he also talks about the nutrition pyramid, which for weight loss would obviously be energy intake at the bottom. So at the bottom, so the most important for him, depending on the injury, he would go nutrition, nutrient deficiencies first, then energy intake, then macronutrients, then supplements on top of that. Um, 
so I think it's also bearing in mind that um, the three stages of injuries of inflammation um, whereby is it inflammation hang on I did have it there you go inflammation proliferation and remodeling which obviously needs calories so you're probably you're probably better off consuming more than less you know what I mean not more than you would normally eat but in your head you think oh, I need to eat less because I'm injured you're probably thinking oh, actually let's earn a set of caution and go a bit more to make sure that process is supported as best as possible so you recover just as fast well not about as fast as possible so I think that yeah that's, that's it really to add pretty much um, there's nothing else no, it sounds sounds like it's pretty pretty wrapped up and covered there. I think something people don't mention is the psychological effects of injuries as well. Mm. Not that it affects nutrition and such, but if you've got a bad injury, then be prepared for the psychological problems after training. Like I was quite strong at the time. I was trying to break a silver bench, good weight. I couldn't do a press up because I thought my shoulder was going to snap, even though it's got it bolted. It's like, it's not going to snap. Are you crazy? The surgeon said to me, it ain't going to snap. What are you talking about? I said, yeah, no, it's not. But psychologically, it's going to do it. I couldn't do a press-up. I couldn't do a press-up. So be prepared for that. If you're injured now. <laughs> can you confirm to the listeners that now you can do at least one press-up? I can. I can uh, actually bench relatively decent weight now. Good stuff. So right. you've definitely got muscle back. Memory. Muscle memory is a thing. It does come back pretty quickly once you get back into things and relearn movement patterns. Yeah, and it's quite easy to get back. Yeah, yeah. Just takes time, doesn't it? Yeah. Thank God. Go like like yeah. Well, cool. Right, we've just hit the hour mark. So uh, shall we? Uh, should we skedaddle? I think we've covered pretty much everything we wanted to cover there. So uh, yeah, good good chat. Um, yep. Anybody got anything they want to plug, add, say? I don't think there's anything to plug. Say, but we are going to sort something out in the same vein as the photo show to me. So a timed um, plan as such. Then, so rather than a kind of one to one coaching, which is you know indefinite, depending on what you want it for. We're, gonna, we're thinking about doing a more timed, so maybe 12 weeks, 14, whatever. So there's an end in sight for someone. So we're thinking about doing that. So not even sure when it's going to be yet or what it's going to actually be called or anything like that. So Keep if you have suggestions on the naming, then we're all use. <laughs> Instead of 12 weeks shred, <laughs> 14 weeks fat yeah. loss. <laughs> Uh, cool yeah so keep your eyes peeled for that make sure you're on the email list or just like the Facebook page or in our Facebook group and you will not miss that um, if what you've heard sounds good and you want the help of any of our fine coaches then just head over to www.nnncoaching.com um, and you can get in touch on there uh, or just messages on Facebook or whatever um, yeah if you want to find out more about coaching or anything like that I think, uh, has everyone still got spots available? A spot or two for one lucky person? Yeah. yeah. Good stuff, good yeah. stuff. 
Uh, cool. Right. All right then. Well, uh, let's sign off and sign out. Yeah, it's been good. Good chatting. Speak to you all soon. See you soon. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.